Thanks for joining us for this inspirational teaching by Pastor Jeffrey Smith, Senior Pastor of City of Life Church. For more information on City of Life, visit www.col.tv. Let's join the service already in progress. Turn with me to uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 22. 1 John chapter 3, verse 22. We're going to put the scripture up on the screens for those of you that don't have a Bible or maybe you're still turning to get there. I'll go ahead and start reading it. It says this, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Let me get an amen from everybody today. If you're watching online, say amen. Let's, let's read it again. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Let me get an amen. I love that. That's encouraging. Okay, here we go. Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So one way of reading this would be, why do we receive whatsoever we ask of him? Because it says because in here, so that's inferred. Why do we receive whatsoever we ask of him? What's the answer? Because, read it with me, we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So we see this and go, whatever we ask, we receive of him. And that's like, free phone and we're like woo with two year contract we're like "Ah." it's like when we see the terms of the agreement sometimes we can get a little bit discouraged don't get discouraged today there's some conditionality to this like there's conditionality to many and most of the promises of God But, but that doesn't mean that we give up on the promises it means we learn about the terms and conditions we make them applicable uh, to our lives. That's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, God talk part two, when prayers don't seem to work. Lord Jesus, we love you and thank you for your goodness and your mercy. I pray that you would move all over this room. I pray that people that are troubled in their heart would find hope in you today. There is power in the name of Jesus. God, you sent your son Jesus from heaven to earth to become a man to face every problem that we would ever have to face and to overcome each and every one of them. Lord, so that by putting our faith in you, Lord, we could find hope eternally and salvation eternally in Jesus. I thank you today, God, that we get to come here together and celebrate how good you are. Learn about who you are through your word. Help me to communicate this in a way that honors you and brings hope to every heart and turns our hearts toward heaven. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Anybody here ever tried to put something together and you followed the instructions to an absolute T, but you could not figure how to do it correctly? Raise your hand if you've ever been there before. Anybody ever been to Ikea? (laughs) What what, what is it about Ikea furniture that makes you want to cuss? I don't know what it is about. I I know that you start talking to the instructions. You ever done that before? There's no one in the room, and you're like, I put the dowel into the hole, and then you're you're, you're screaming at the, you're you're just, you're you're, you're about to lose your salvation uh, when it comes to Ikea. I I hate that. I remember that, that back in the day, it's like before the internet, everything was like accessible. You could go on YouTube and watch a video now for anything. But back in the day, when you were putting something together and you couldn't figure it out, you had to call technical support. Uh, and technical support, the way that works is you would wait for two and a half hours 
uh, to talk to Bill. And once you got on the phone with Bill and explained your problem uh, in detail to Bill, uh, you would get disconnected from Bill. Uh, and then you'd call back and you can't talk to Bill. You have to talk to someone else. You have to re-explain it. It's just a completely frustrating process. And, and it, it's just frustrating when you feel like you're doing everything right, but you're not getting the result that, that you're looking for. It's like, has anybody ever been like, you, all you want to do is like check your email or some basic thing, or you just want to log into something. Anybody ever forgot your password before? Isn't that frustrating? Wow, wow, that's, that apparently is an emotional reaction from you guys today. <laughs> you forget your password. Forgetting your password is not only frustrating, it's very humiliating. The whole experience, and it's just you, there's no one else watching, you forget your password. First you get like these red X signs that start popping up everywhere. Password is not right. Password is case sensitive. Password, and, and you start doing these, and once you go over all the different variations of your password, you have to go through uh, the, the insulting experience of being questioned as to whether or not you're a robot. And, and, and the part of this that, that's so frustrating to me is that you're being questioned by a robot that is accusing you because you want to log into your email account it's accusing you of being, it's almost like you can almost hear the voice. It's like, ah, you want to log into your account? That huh? sounds like something a robot would ask. It's like, okay, let me put you through a test then. If you think you're a human, if you say that you're a human, let me put you through a test. Can you read these words in cursive? <laughs> now you have to go through this process of, of re First of all, these are the most jacked up letters in history. You've got like a J that's like connected to a lowercase b, but they like share the same line. You know what I'm talking about? You can't tell if it's a lowercase e or a three. And number one, no one has ever passed this ever on the first time. It's impossible to pass it on the first time. Then you have to read that what you are failing consistently is called a CAPTCHA. That's called a CAPTCHA. That's the name of it, a CAPTCHA. It's not a test. It's a CAPTCHA. Just the, the, how you, somebody named this. There was like a, a meeting where people were deciding on the name, and someone's like, CAPTCHA. They're like, I love it. Let's make that the name of the thing that everyone's going to fail from now on. So once you fail three CAPTCHAs in a row, and you can't correctly identify the letters, which means you can't read, basically, uh, you go to level two, which is the robot saying, ah, I didn't think you were a human. I thought you were a robot. Therefore, to prove to me that you are not a robot, identify all the pictures in this square that don't have a bus in them. <laughs> that should be a pretty simple process, right? And it's like, has anyone ever done this before? You're like, oh, it's totally easy. I mean, first of all, you're, going, you're talking to yourself. You're going, I'm not a robot. I'm not a robot. And you're, you're, you're clicking things, and you're like, you click all the ones that don't have the bus, and then you go to press send, and you realize, like, the edge of the bus was on one of them. Like, the edge of the, you're like, ah. It's like, you're like, okay, give me another one. You're like, give me another one. Give me another one. Come on, come on. I'm not a robot. I'm not a robot. It gives you one more. It's like, okay, identify all the pictures that have a storefront of some sort in them. And like, so you're, you're oh my gosh. So frustrating. When you feel like you're doing everything right, you feel like you're doing everything that you're supposed to do, and the results just don't seem to work out the way you want. I feel like that. It's sort of like our prayer life. I think that many times our prayer life 
We think we're approaching God the right way. We think we're praying with the right attitude. We think we're praying with the right heart. But somehow the results don't seem to match up with what we're doing. And that can lead to frustration uh, when prayers don't seem to work. That's the concept today. So with our text scripture, it says, whatever we, whatever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Because we keep his commandments. Say that with me. Because we keep his commandments. So here's an idea today. Before we start getting frustrated at God, before we start blaming God for unanswered prayers, before we start blaming the Bible for unanswered prayers, before we start blaming church leaders and Christians for unanswered prayers, how about we listen to the scripture? It says, whatever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments. How about if we ask ourselves, am I keeping his commandments? See, in John, John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, it says, Then Jesus said to those which believed on him, so he's talking to believers who already are Christians, said Jesus said to those who believed on him, so here we are, we've accepted Christ, we believe in him, so Jesus is speaking to us, and he says, if you continue in my word, not just if you believe me one time, but if you continue in my word, if you continue in obedience, you continue obeying me, you continue taking seriously everything I have to say, it's not enough to just believe one time. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. An actual disciple, if you continue in the ways of God, then you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But what do we always say? The truth will set you free. Well, that's not, the, that's not really what it says. That's the end of it. It says, to those that believe, if you continue in my word and you're obedient to God, then are you truly my disciple, and then you're going to know the truth if you're my disciple, and the truth is going to make me free. So the only way to actually live in truth is to keep God's commandments and to live in his word and to become a true disciple of God. So that's the only way to actually get into truth is to actually do what God tells us to do. See, that's scripture. If you ask you're going to receive whatever you ask him. And why? Because we keep his commandments. Because we keep his commandments. We can know that our heart is right if we keep his commandments. If you're here today and you're asking God to move on your behalf and you feel like heaven is silent today, don't shake your fist at heaven. Start looking inward today. Say, do I keep the commandments of the Lord? It's a brutal question to ask yourself. Am I keeping God's commandments? See, Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. It says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law doth he meditate day and night. The delight of the, per of the person that loves God, or the thing about the person that loves God is he delights in the law of the Lord more than anything. What is the law of the Lord? The Bible. It's being obedient to the ways of the Lord. It's not someone who's walking in the counsel of the ungodly. If you, if, are you living your life walking in the counsel of the ungodly? Do you have voices that are speaking into your life that are not respectful and obedient to the ways of God? I talked as I started out today about the Bible, making sure we get the Bible back in our life. We need the Bible. We need the word of God in our life. 
the counsel of the ungodly can be a radio voice. It can be a friend. It can be a, a, a music that you listen to. Anything that speaks against what is godly in your life and is speaking into your ear and into your heart, causing you to believe something that's different than what the Bible teaches us. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. And can I just tell you something? You talk a lot about a downward progression in terms of moving forward in your life, progress in your life, because it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Look what happens when you walk in the counsel of the ungodly. It says, or stands in the way of sinners. If you walk in the counsel of the ungodly, your progress will be halted. You'll go from walking to standing. Now you've gone from walking in the counsel of the ungodly to standing. You're not moving forward towards your destiny at all. You're standing in the way of sinners. Then it says, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. I look like a genie or something right here. I'm not sure what's going on, but this is supposed to be a fake chair. I'm supposed to be sitting right here. Imagine a chair. So he walked in the counsel of the ungodly, stands in the way of sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful. Now you have become scornful, and your progress is completely halted. You've decided to set up camp here. Because of these voices that you've allowed in your life, it says that's not the, the person that pleases God, but the person who pleases God, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law does he meditate day and night. What am I doing? I'm obeying God. I'm living a life that is keeping his commandments. And so, so ask yourself, number one, am I keeping his commandments? That scripture goes on to say, whatever we ask, we receive him because we keep his commandments, number one. And number two, and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. Put your hand on your heart and say, I want to please the Lord. Come on, one more time. Say, I want to please the Lord. Are we pleasing the Lord? That, that's, that's a different question than am I keeping his commandments? You say, well, it's just, it's, they're the same thing. No, please, you know, keeping his commandments is pleasing to the Lord. But it's possible to keep his commandments and to not be pleasing completely to him. Well, you say, well, what does that mean? Haven't you ever met like a super legalistic Christian or religious person who is very good at keeping rules, but their heart is not always right? Yeah. I, I knew people growing up that, man, they never did anything. I ain't been to a movie in my entire life. I ain't never said a cuss word in my life. I've been to church for 98 straight years, and I have never missed one service. I've been to every prayer meeting. And, I mean, you believe them, too. It's like they've done all this stuff. But, but there's something wrong. There's something missing. You might be keeping the commandments, but I don't think what you're doing is pleasing to the Lord. See, because being pleasing to the Lord is not always am I just doing what I'm supposed to do, but am I going above and beyond? Because people that are pleasing to God don't look for shortcuts. People that are pleasing God are not looking for the exception to the rule. They're not always going, yeah, but can I, you know, is it possible to get, you know, you know Pastor Jeff, is it possible to stub your toe in the middle of the night and cuss? And still get into heaven? I hope so. <laughs> Not that I've ever done that. I'm just saying other people have asked me about that before. <laughs> but but I mean, that's a good point, though. I mean, it's, like, it's like we try to come up with all these scenarios. Is it possible? To, you know, because the Bible doesn't really say this about this subject. So, you know... Is it, is it possible to do this and to still get into heaven? Just, you know, the point I'm trying to make here is, yes, we live our life according to the Bible. We've got to obey his commandments. But over here, when it comes to pleasing him, am I obeying his word and am I pleasing him? 
Because our opening text scripture says if you want to ask and receive, then you have to do both. You have to do both. You have to obey his word. You got to please him. If you're here today and you're going, my God, I can barely even obey anything. And now I've got to please him too. What am I going to do? No, don't be discouraged today. All we got to do is look inward. Instead of, instead of pointing at everyone else, blaming God, blaming the Bible, blaming the church, what I'm saying is start looking inward a little bit rather than blaming everyone on the, on the outside. You know, don't try to get off on a technicality here. Think about what the scripture actually says. Let's flip the scripture around. I thought this was kind of cool. If you flip it around, and look, look what it says when you read the back part first. Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight, Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Imagine if it read like that. Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight, whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Man, how encouraging would that be? To know that we have the ability to obey and to please him. And once we do those things, we can know, hey, I'm good with God. My heart is right. If, you know, if I don't get what I'm looking for after that, at least I know it's not something on the inside. You know, John 15, 7 says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. If you remain in me and my words in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. When we keep his commands and please him, our hearts align with him. Then Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. It means if you put heaven before your agenda, if you put your agenda before heaven's agenda, God is not going to answer your agenda until heaven's agenda has already been answered. So let's put heaven's agenda first. God's going to make sure that if your agenda and heaven's agenda line up, he's going to go, let's do both of them. Let's knock both of them out at the same time. Can I get an amen from somebody here today? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And sometimes when we don't get what we want, we blame God. But what if we really did look at our lives? What if we really did look inward? we would realize there are many things that can keep us from getting the prayers answered that we pray. How about this? 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. The message version says this. The same goes for you husbands. Be good husbands to your wives. All the women should say, praise the Lord. <laughs> Honor them. Delight them. As women, they lack some of your advantages. But in the new life of God's grace, you are equals. Treat your wives as equals so your prayers don't run aground. Man, you better say amen today. That was a real quiet man moment right there. I heard some crickets chirping. Treat them as equals so that your prayers don't run aground. That has some pretty intense ramifications. The fact that it's possible to be doing almost everything right in your life except for treating your wife the wrong way and that one thing can cause your prayers from being answered. Why? Because you're not honoring your wife. See, your relation. when the Bible says honor your father and mother, some people are like, well, I can check that off the list. Don't, you know, my mom and dad are not around anymore, don't have a relationship. No, 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 you miss it. If you think honor your father and mother is only about your parents, you're missing the principle. It is about your parents. It starts with your parents. And if you have a relationship with your parents, it's important 
to honor them, to have value for them. You say, well, they don't deserve it. It's not about whether they deserve it or not. What it's about is learning to respect the people that brought you into this world. Why? Because people deserve honor. And if you learn to show honor to the people that are closest to you, it will become natural to show honor to everyone else that's not close to you. But when you don't learn to value the people that you are the closest to, you'll never value the people that you're not close to. And can I also tell you something? How hypocritical is it that sometimes we're nicer to strangers than we are to our own families? Honor your father and mother means the people that are in your world that you are the closest to. It means you better love them. They, mu they must be the most honored of anyone you know. And when you get used to honoring the people that are in your circle that you're the closest to, then it's going to become natural when you see someone out in public and you open the door. You say, go ahead, ma'am. And, and oh, well, thank you. What a gentleman. Well, it's not just that I'm a gentleman. I've just learned to honor people in general. I learned to honor my family, the people that are closest to me. I get that principle. So what the, this scripture in 1 Peter 3, 7, yes, it teaches some, us something about marriage, but it's not, it's not confined to just marriage. It teaches us about, in general, when it comes to relationships, the way we treat other people can affect whether or not our prayers get answered. Can I get an amen today? Okay, so inappropriate relationships uh, can, can keep us from getting our prayers answered. James chapter 1, verses 6 through 8 says, When you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Let me read that again. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt. So don't doubt when you're asking. It says, Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. What is it basically saying? It's saying sometimes we come to God and we're just completely wishy-washy. And God is not going to honor those kinds of prayers. You come to God asking him to heal people that you don't even think he can heal. You come to God praying for a marriage that you think is already lost and there's no reason to pray for it. You're just sort of going through the motions. We're praying these half-hearted prayers. What God is saying is get some faith in your prayers. Start looking at the circumstance and pray for it as if God's hand is already over it. And when you start seeing it through the light of what God could do, you're going to start speaking it. We see it in faith. We pray in faith, and that moves God. So we know that inappropriate relationships can keep us from receiving our prayer, answers to our prayers. And we learn here that doubt can keep us from receiving answers to our prayers. James chapter 4 says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight, and you do not have because you do not ask God. What it's saying is that you manipulate, you kill, you, you, say, you lie, you do anything you can to work things to your advantage. But the one thing you won't do in all this trying to work, working to make, make it the way you want it to be, the one thing that you don't do is humble yourself before God. Why? Because when you humble yourself truly before God, you have to ask. You have to ask for help. Asking for help is vulnerable. Asking for help has to be authentic if you're going to get real help from God. You have to humble yourself before God. See, and he says, when you ask, even when you do ask, you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. It's just telling us, I mean, for anyone who's ever said, why doesn't God answer my prayers? We're given a lot of reasons here today. 
This is a big one right here because he's saying most of the time when you ask, you're just asking for a bunch of selfish stuff that's not really kingdom-minded. It's not heaven-minded. It's not for other people. It's just stuff that we want to make us feel better about ourselves. And God is saying, I cannot answer those prayers if I really love you. I cannot do that for you because inappropriate relationships will keep you from receiving answers to your prayers. Doubt will keep you from receiving answers to your prayers. Selfish motives will keep you from receiving answers to your prayers. I like this too, Luke chapter 18, verses one through eight. Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Listen to this story he told them. He says, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. That sounds like a super nice guy. He doesn't fear God. He doesn't care anything what people think. It says, and there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. Now remember, he doesn't care what people think. He doesn't, he thinks he doesn't, he doesn't fear God. But this woman just keeps coming back. The same plea over and over. It says, for some time he refused. But finally he said, oh, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she eventually won't come back and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. What is Jesus doing? Jesus is saying, here's a story about a guy who's not holy, he doesn't love God, he doesn't care about people, he's not kind, and even he grants the request of a persistent woman that will not give up. He's saying if this guy who's down here morally will do something and, and grant a request that's within his power, how much more will the God of the universe who loves you who cares for you, who made you, who gave his only son for you, who understands all the intricacies of your heart and your world and your needs, how much more when he sees us come genuinely before him, asking him, Father, help me with my marriage, help me with my finances, help me with my heart, help me with my patience, and you pray it and you don't feel any help from heaven and you keep praying and saying, how much more, if this judge will do it, how much more will God grant the request of someone who does not give up? Remember, Jesus told that story and said so that his disciples would not give up. So we see here that patience, impatience can keep us from receiving answers to our prayers. See, we say unanswered prayers, but in actuality, we forget yes is an answer. Oh, no, she said no is too. So she gets it. You got, you got number two. Yes is an answer. How many people here have kids? Raise your hand if you have kids. Okay, how many people who have kids have told your kids no before because you knew that no was the most beneficial answer for your kids? Raise your hand if you've ever done it before. See, sometimes we get mad at God because he wants to give us a no. And he says no to us. here today that have served the Lord for many years and you remember in the younger years of your life asking God to give you something please God please Ooh, you got tears you're like I'm even crying look it's real 
You're asking God, please, give it to me now, Lord. I need it. Give it to me now. And he doesn't do it. And the years go on. That prayer remained unanswered. How many of you are here today that that happened to you at a younger time in your life? And as you matured and as you grew in the things of the Lord and as God made you into the person that he's trying to make you to be, you look back all those years down the road and go, my God, if he would have actually said yes to that stupid prayer I was praying back then, my life would have been shipwrecked. But the no actually was protecting me and preparing me for something that he had for me in the future. Let's not get frustrated with our God if we get a no. And let's certainly not confuse no with not yet. Because that's also an answer. And that's where our patience begins to kick in. Because many times when God looks at our life, there's things that I'm doing right now in my life that, you know, it's just been no, no, no. I've been trying to do some things that are in my heart for me personally, for my family, for our church, trying to trying to be a trailblazer in certain areas. And it's hard to get a no. It's hard to get a no. But what you learn along the way, as you keep trying and you keep pushing, you keep knocking on doors, is you start getting this feeling. Ooh. <laughs> you start getting this feeling when certain things don't work out the way you want. And it's this confidence that comes over you. And you go, hmm. I've learned how to recognize a no. And I've also learned how to recognize a not yet. This ain't a no. This is a not yet moment. And what do you do? You keep moving forward. You go, it's a not yet. I know, I know it's coming. So it's not a no. See, and I believe there are prayers all over this room that are not yet prayers that you've prayed. Don't get discouraged. Don't you give up on your God today. He is not done with you. That's why Jesus tells us to take heart. Don't give up today. If you've prayed a prayer and you've put it in the hands of God, you concern yourself on making sure that you keep his commandments and that you are pleasing to him and your heart is right. You leave the rest to him because I tell you something, in Daniel chapter 10, Daniel prayed a prayer and didn't hear any answer from heaven on day one. He didn't hear an answer from heaven on day 10. He didn't hear an answer from heaven on day 15. He didn't hear an answer from heaven on day 20. But on day 21, the angel came to Daniel and he said, the day that you prayed your prayer, God heard you, but I have been fighting in the spirit a demon. He is the prince of Persia. I have been fighting against him and I just overcame him and I'm bringing you your answer right now that you prayed for. What if Daniel would have given up on day 20 because he didn't see his prayer materialize the way God, come on, somebody better stand on your feet and give God a praise in this place today. If you've ever prayed a prayer that you thought God didn't answer you, he did not say no every single time. Many of the times he said not yet. And he's waiting to see if you're still waiting today. Stay on your feet. See, that's another aspect. Your world might not be ready for the yes yet. That's why the angels are preparing the atmosphere. Heaven is coming down to earth saying, Man, if I gave you the yes right now, your world was, would fall apart. i got to prepare the atmosphere spiritually for you to be able to get your yes. So what do we concern ourselves with today? 
not the things that we can't control. We can't control God's will. We leave that to Him. What can we control? Am I obeying His word? Come on, am I obeying His word? And is my life pleasing to Him? So say that with me. Say, I want to obey and I want to please Him. That's all you can control. And the rest of it is you leave it up to God. And if the answer is yes, woo, throw a party, make me some pastelon, and I'll show up and party with you. If it's no, I'll give you a hug. And I might cry with you. Because sometimes we don't get it in the moment. But you know what? If it's a not yet, I might eat some pastelon then too. Because you know, you know that sometimes that not yet, it's okay. We, we, our faith can be built through those moments. But you control what you can control. And you leave the rest in the hands of God. And, and we'll get our hearts aligned with heaven. And I believe that your prayers are going to move God. Don't give up today on your prayers. Don't give up on your faith today. God wants to forge something brand new in you. We hope you enjoyed this teaching by Pastor Jeffrey Smith. You can be a part of what God is doing here at City of Life by clicking Give at www.col.tv or by texting a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. Thanks for joining us.